Coming to you from the Golden State, this is the Art for Everyone podcast. Bringing art back to the people, one episode at a time. And bringing you compelling guest interviews with inspirational artists. And now your hosts, professional artist and owner of Carini Arts, Michael Carini, and real estate guru, Vinny Enriquez. Hi, everyone. Uh, the Art for Everyone podcast with, you know, Michael that has lived the art industry and myself that I've drawn some good stick figures. Uh, thank you guys for being here. We have Autumn, a special guest. You want to start it off, Michael? Yeah. So first of all, welcome, Autumn. And we'll let you introduce yourself in just a moment. We just got a couple of announcements. So as some of you may have seen, we've got a new logo. So every time we come on with an episode, we're a little more pro than the last episode, which I think is completely in line with the art journey because we're constantly learning, we're constantly growing, we're constantly reinventing ourselves. And you may have noticed a new logo on here for those that are watching live on YouTube. We've got Blick Art Materials, who is sponsoring a number of our episodes. Now, Blick Art Materials is my go-to place for most of my art supplies. It's like porn for artists. Like, who doesn't love art supplies? We get lost in there and just, uh, it, it's so hard to leave the stores. And so we are going to be, courtesy of Blick, giving away a number of Blick art materials, gift certificates. So if you don't have a store near you, you can still use them online. They have the best art materials. And all you got to do is follow us on YouTube or Instagram and tag three of your friends, and we will pick some people coming up for that. So without further ado, I want to jump in and introduce Autumn, who is a friend of mine. She's a wonderful artist. She is also a superstar on OnlyFans, one of the most popular girls on there. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about Autumn's journey, but also sex and marketing and arts. We're going to open up the dialogue in a very supportive way and answer the questions that you have. So Autumn, okay. let me give you a second Look, to kind please, of... Before we get to Autumn, I, I get this. So you've already talked about porn. You've talked about basically OnlyFans. You've talked about sex. Wow, this is going to be some interesting podcast. Sorry, sorry Autumn. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to, to share this with you guys. So Autumn and I met, uh, I can't even remember, my brain is so foggy since my accident, but we met a, a little while ago, but you and I have kind of worked together on uh, like nurturing your development on your artistic journey. You're, you're kind of moving more into the realm of, of trying to make that a, a little bit more of, of, of a career. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And when I introduce you to other people, I kind of introduce you as my mentor because you've been doing it you know, your whole life. And I've really just started within the last five to six years. I'm flattered by that too. And this kind of ties to one of the things that you and I have talked about a lot too, of like imposter syndrome, where it doesn't really matter how long you've been doing this art thing, or I think like really anything in life. I think that if we're all really honest, a lot of times we kind of feel like beginners and we feel like we're kind of figuring things out. So I'm very humbled when people say, nice things like that because i feel like i'm very much still kind of trying to find my way with things really absolutely After so long every day the imposter syndrome doesn't go away that's kind of a bummer to hear because <laughs> <laughs> i'm just going, used to it I, I, so i, I know say five years and 
I've never seen your art, Autumn. So sorry, sorry about that. I know probably the listeners have probably seen your art. I can see a bunch of pictures in the background. Is that all your art? It is, yeah. So would you con- because I know last time we had someone that was kind of more, I guess, more abstract, right? Abstract artist, but it seems like some of the pictures that you have look kind of abstract, but then some of them look like actual like birds and other stuff that's not necessarily abstract. Yeah, yeah. So I um I consider myself an abstract artist. However, I haven't I haven't found my signature yet, which I hear is pretty important for artists who who sell their art, you know, make a living off of their art. I haven't found my signature yet. And so I I mainly do abstract because I do not have the natural skill to do realism, although I am working on it. I have a piece here um, that I've been working on that that is is more into realism. So I'm, yeah, I'm you have been working now. Yeah, you have definitely been working on your representational work on building the fundamentals and that's something that I really admire and respect about you because I know as an abstract artist, a lot of times people criticize us. They say like, oh, you make abstract art because you don't know how to make anything. And particularly as Nick Boltman was talking about last week, uh, anytime that artists are using a lot of the fluid or pore techniques because it kind of caught on and got trendy, a lot of people pass judgment on that. Even though it's very therapeutic and it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. And if people are just doing it for fun, I, you know, that's a wonderful thing. And I, and I support that, but I do admire that you are trying to grow the technical sides as well. And you're kind of trying to really come into your own and find your voice as an artist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to expand on, on all skills, but fluid art, that itself, it's not, it's not easy. You know, it's not like, um, like I, I see a lot of comments that say my five-year-old can do this. Well, first of all, that's, that's wonderful. Encourage your five-year-old to do that. But also fluid art, it's, it's a little bit more difficult than people make it seem. So what, if, if we're looking, I mean, and I know five years, I mean, I guess there's, you sold some realism art, you sold some abstract art. How does it vary on, on the pricing or is it more so, I mean, is it more like, <laughs> something we, me and Michael can always talk about his demographic I mean buys it because of, of course the art but also he does a lot of social media right with the shirt off running around I mean he has a he has a demographic that follow him that buys his stuff I mean for yourself is it the piece is it the people from the only fans I mean what does that usually look like really it's um it's the time that it takes for me to create the art and the size of the art that makes the price vary the most I would say. And realism does take more time. So I would say that the price is usually higher for for real paintings, realism paintings. So is is there, I mean, because I always thought for artwork, like the, the market set the price, right? Is that not the case for any of you guys, either guys? It's just, well, it's really- I mean, really when it comes to art, it's like the value of the art is what people are willing to pay for it. And yeah. The market is oftentimes so tepid in art because it's up and it's down. And one person may say, I wouldn't pay $5 for that. But another person may say, I would pay $20,000 for that. So it's really about kind of getting your pulse on it. But that, that's the difficult thing. And, and Autumn and I are, I think, probably both kind of dealing with this right now, where we have to kind of navigate this road of kind of establishing our value and, and setting that value. And 
it gets hard sometimes because of the ups and downs. Cause it's like, maybe business gets tough for a period of time and you start to question like, Oh, you know, is there something wrong with my pricing or the way that I'm marketing? Or is there, you know, something wrong with the work or am I working in the wrong color palette? And so it's very easy for artists, I think, to get in our heads sometimes and think that maybe we're doing something wrong when maybe it's just a matter of us needing to be firm to staying the course of being true to ourselves and just trusting that we can find a way to navigate that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, didn't you tell me, Mike, that like this was like last year, maybe beginning of this year, that there was a piece that you couldn't sell for the life of you, but you raised it by like $10,000 or something like that, ended up selling it like a week later? It was a piece that I had priced at about 3000 and it, I couldn't get it to sell for a while. It was just sitting there. And I decided, you know what? I wouldn't even want to sell that piece for 3000 because it was one that I thought was a really marquee signature piece of mine. And so I finally said, you know what? I'm okay with holding on to this as long as I need to. But when I do sell it, it's going to sell for 20000 plus. So I bumped the pricing up there and it sold for that. So it, I think that that's a testament to... And that's one of those things that kind of opened my eyes up in a positive way of, okay, you know, maybe I am getting into my head a little bit too much and I just need to trust my gut and just kind of do what I do and let the pieces fall into place. Uh, well, I mean, for yourself, Otta, I mean, I know you talked about some some artists make a living off their artwork and it sounds like this is not like, where you're making most of your money right now, or is it? No, it is not. Uh, right now, I'm not currently selling my art. I'm waiting on my website. I have a whole marketing team that's designing my brand, and I'm waiting on my website. So I'm not uh, – I, I take a few commissions here and there, but I'm not currently selling. Right now, I make all of my income on OnlyFans. Oh, wow. So that's – so what's a – bill? I mean – Sorry, I'm taking over the car. But what's the buildup been like if you're putting all this artwork together? Because it seems like a lot of artwork there. And I mean, what's that buildup look like of actually getting your pieces together and then getting ready to like release it to the public? A lot of stress and a lot of nerves. That's what it looks like. It looks like, I don't know, it looks like days of me just just staring at my art, you know, being too nervous to even put it out there. Because it's, it's so different than, than creating work or content for OnlyFans, you know? For me, my art feels much more personal, whereas OnlyFans, it's all acting. But, but with my art, it's, it's very personal. It's very me. And so it, I would say that there's, there's a lot more um, stress and nervous energy around that and then also i'm like i'm losing space I, I need more storage space so i might be doing a giveaway soon so something you said right there uh you mentioned that the art feels much more personal so anytime i think anybody puts themselves out there whether it be on OnlyFans or with art people judge people make criticisms do you take it more to heart the criticisms directed towards your art versus the criticisms through the OnlyFans? I, I wouldn't say that I do. I don't think I, I do take criticisms to heart too much. And that is something that OnlyFans has helped me with in my art career is um, you you learn very quickly to give no fucks. You know, you, you learn quickly not to put any value on anyone's opinion, especially if it's negative. 
on social media. So I would say that that's a skill that I've I've strengthened a lot over, you know, the past seven years I've been doing OnlyFans. So it sounds like OnlyFans may have prefaced you with some valuable skills, I think, to, to open up doors for the art. And one of the things that you and I have talked about is the idea that if you have a large platform, there's nothing wrong with using that platform to introduce people to where you want to go. And like with you, like moving towards your art, you and I have talked about, there's nothing wrong with introducing that other audience to your art to kind of grow and build a foundation. Yeah. Yeah. So it definitely, um, so advertising my art page, Instagram page on my, um, my only fans, Instagram page, it, it definitely brings the numbers to my art page. And so it, you know, I have high numbers there, but it's not at the same time, it's not the same audience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And slightly different for me, but I do a lot of the art education stuff. And so what I kind of run into a lot of times is that a lot of my audience is people looking for guidance on the art, but not necessarily the buyer or collector market. And I saw another artist this week post about that. Of be cognizant of the type of post you're doing because you may be building an audience that could hurt you via the algorithm if it's not moving in the direction that you really want to go in. But at the same time, sometimes having those large numbers, like a large following, it psychologically does something to people that come across you where that they see you have a large audience. They're like, oh, I should want to see this. I should want to follow her. I should want to buy this because they have a large audience. Yeah, it, um, it's much more likely that they'll take you seriously if you have a, a larger following. To, to so, jump back to what you said, and you said seven years you've been on OnlyFans. I just got to Google it. And OnlyFans, it looks like it's been around for about seven years. So you started right when it, it came about? Um, I did. And so it's actually probably been about eight years now because I started on Patreon back when Patreon was, was the only fans. Um, and then I guess when only fans started, that's when I started with it too. But I, I actually didn't know that I started right when only fans was, was new. At least, at least Google says July, 2016. So I was like, Oh wow. That's kind of, that's wild that you were like a first kind of mover to the to the market, or at least, I guess when it rebranded. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Well, and you are one of the most popular creators on there, are you not? Um, I hate bragging about myself, but um, the, there's like a percentile, right? So you can be in the top fifty percent, the top ten percent, um, and. It, if I can just put it into numbers, I'm in the top zero, zero, top zero point zero six percent. Damn. Why? How do you think you've built your your base so so strong? I mean, was it was there a secret sauce or what? What do you think? Um. So I would say that. I I was given the genetics that happened to be very in trend um, in this this time period. So it was 
fairly easy for me to grow a large Instagram account, which then led to a lot of fans on OnlyFans. Now, Instagram, you and I talked about this before. Your Instagram, you actually got shut down when you were very, very successful on there. How large were you when you got shut down on Instagram and had to rebuild? I'm, I'm sorry, what was the question? How large were you on Instagram when your page got shut down? Because I, I know you and I talked about how your page got shut down at one point and you had to start rebuilding. Yeah, so it's been shut down several times. Um, the most recent and the most hurtful was when I they deleted my page at 1.4 million. Damn. Um, and that was, I think that was October of last year. So a little over a year ago. Why did they delete it? Um, there's, there's a lot of theories out there as to why they, they flag certain girls and, and they really target certain girls. Um, but basically for being sexually explicit, however, to, um, to, to back myself up, they would flag posts of me walking down the sidewalk in a very normal outfit, you know, wearing jeans and, and a jacket and that, you know, that would be flagged and deleted for being too sexually explicit. Basically Instagram, the bots or whoever was, was, um, tracking accounts at the time were just over sexualizing my body, I would say. And I think that Instagram and Facebook are really kind of cracking down or, and being more stringent with what they allow and what they don't allow. I, we talked about it last week, how even I've been flagged for sexual solicitation, sexual, sexual exploitation. And it was on posts in some cases that didn't even have an image in them. It was stuff talking about mental health. And so I think that some of these uh, platforms are getting very difficult for creators to navigate. And so I do applaud and support and think that platforms like OnlyFans are great because of the lack of creative restrictions. I think that it opens up the possibilities for artists to be artists because OnlyFans is, although many people do perceive it and the, the thought that first comes to mind is, oh, it's adult content, which yes, it can be, but it can be an entire spectrum of things because there are a lot of creatives on there. There are a lot of artists on there. I mean, you are an artist, you do some creative stuff on there as well. So it's not just any one thing you are kind of doing a variety of things on there. You're having a little bit of fun here and there. You're playing characters at certain times. I've seen you done like some cosplay and things like that. You've done some artsy stuff on there. So uh, I, I think that it needs to be supported, I think a little bit more and, and we need to pull that, negative connotation away from it because i think that it does really open up doors for artists to be themselves yeah absolutely and i think that the negative connotations you know some people will have those forever and ever amen you know when the when the spectrum the main spectrum is is um sexually um provocative so that, that will always be there, but I, I just hope that people like you and I can can lessen, you know, people who are on the fence can, can shine a, a different light on it. 
How, how does your you said you said you're married, right? Yes. How, how does your husband think of that? I mean, because I, I know it, it's done in an art way, and I mean, there's probably some people that look at your stuff or look at what you put out there of like more of a sexual nature, right? I mean, what's what's his if you're able to talk about it, what's his perspective on the whole thing? Yeah, so that that was a whole journey. We had to go on a whole journey together, and basically. I, we had boundaries and I would, I would always respect his boundaries and what he was comfortable with. And then over time, and as I was able to hire help for, you know, people to, to help me with, with certain things on OnlyFans. So I would have less, um, less interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, he's just, he's opened his boundaries more and more over the years. And now he's he's totally supportive. Yeah, that's hard. That's right. It and was at first, absolutely. On one of the podcasts that you and I did recently, you and I were talking and we had discussed that I do some collaborations with some of the women from OnlyFans. And yeah. you were kind of surprised when we started talking about it because you said, well, oh, you work with these beautiful women. Is it hard to work with them? And I told you. No, it, it really is. It's a genuine friendship and there's a trust built there and there's a respect and that I would never want to betray the trust of this person that has given me that trust. And so Autumn and I have done some work together and I have to say that uh, she, I consider her a very good friend. She's somebody that I trust because even for me as a guy, and this probably may sound weird to people, but as a guy, even working with a woman, I am very particular about who I feel comfortable with. And I have to say that uh, working with Autumn, just very professional and uh, low pressure and uh, no feelings of, uh, of anything inappropriate whatsoever. Like, just a genuine friendship. Like, I consider you a very good friend, Autumn. Thank you. I consider you a, a really good friend, too. Absolutely. I, I know it's different. And there's a similarity to it, right? So when I was early 20s or so, probably mid-20s or whatever, I lived with two female roommates. And every time I told people I live with two female, they go, so what's happening there? What's that? What's that? I go, hey, we're just roommates. We're yeah. just roommates. But every single person, right? Let's say, come on, come on. So that's why, I mean, I know what you said, Michael, and I and I, I trust you, right? What, what you say is true. Yet, there's going to be a lot of people listening. They're going to say BS, right? So that's kind of the, one of the things that from the outside looking in, right? Especially if they don't mean know you two, you know, or at least know, you know, as me knowing Michael, they would go BS, right? And that's, I think it's hard, but you've probably built it over time, right? Yeah. And I think that, and I think that that's something that's important for us to talk about right now too, on the podcast that's not talked about a lot is just because somebody works in an industry that may be sexual of nature doesn't mean that you should not respect them and treat them like you would treat anybody else. And I have to say that the women that I have worked with in the industry, I have the greatest respect for, I have, some of my closest friendships with some of these women and it is very genuine very pure and they are people that i trust more than probably most of the other people in my life because they have shown that they are true friends and they've been there for me when i needed them but i think that it's important to talk about like that just because somebody does something that we may not agree with or, or whatever or even if it's something that is sexualized we they still deserve our respect and i and i think that we should talk about that a little yeah, I'm actually interested um, to to hear like what 
what questions or what what assumptions people would have like Vinny, I'd like to hear your perspective on what what assumption you would think about when you when you see um, a sex worker who's oh, I, I mean I mean I for myself I mean people can do whatever they may want to do it's about the person right it's and I would think the initial reaction right for a sex worker right and and I've had talked to sex workers I've talked I mean I've had them on a podcast that kind of stuff another podcast not this one right you think though right just the assumption is if someone has gone down whatever rabbit hole it is right if they're frying hamburgers on a daily basis they're probably going to have good hamburgers and they'll be more inclined to actually make you a hamburger right if they're giving massages right they're going to be probably really good at massages and you're hoping that they're going to basically give you a massage right even though i hear that's not the case right um but kind of with each avenue right if if like if you're talking about a um an actual sex worker right that's doing porn right you're thinking well they're probably good at porn and they might be more inclined to to have sex with you right i mean so you think down the rabbit hole of that kind of idea now each person's different and why they do it but from what i've realized over time is if they do that in their as their job they're probably less inclined to want to do that in their off time at least for the people i've talked to yeah yeah so i can um i absolutely see where you're coming from i I see that for sure and i think that sex workers are just more sexually open in general so maybe they are more i don't think that you know you can assume they automatically would sleep with you but i think that they are more open to like for me i would say that being on OnlyFans, it's really uh opened my eyes to a spectrum of fetishes that are out there and so i would say now compared to seven years ago i'm much more open to to different different fetishes and um you know just different things that men are into when you and i were talking the other day i used a certain term and you said michael do you know what that means (laughs) yeah i forgot the term we were talking about that voyeurism and you're like michael do you know what that means (laughs) and and the reason being and this kind of segues into our talk for today is, is I think that you mentioned uh, that being a sex worker, it may lend you towards a certain openness. And I think that that's really what art is about, and particularly what good and great art is about. It's about just being vulnerable, about being open, about being honest. And that's what I have really admired about your artistic journey since day one was just your openness and your willingness to grow and you've been very humble of like i don't know this i don't know that but i want to learn and and so your your desire to grow your desire to learn and to keep moving in another direction as you evolve and and i think that that's a wonderful thing and i'm kind of in that same place right now on my journey of my evolution of what's next what am i going to do and we talked a minute ago about some of the stumbling blocks of some of these platforms like Instagram and Facebook lately, how they're cracking down, they're getting more difficult. One of my groups on Facebook today that I manage is at risk of getting shut down because it was getting spammed. And so I got to add a bunch of moderators to monitor the content because I don't have time to do that. But it just makes me realize like I'm having to babysit these platforms so much and they're kind of just keeping me down. And as an artist, I want to liberate myself. I want to free myself. And so I have made the decision that it is finally time for me to hop on OnlyFans myself 
So I have just created a page and I'm going to be doing a lot of artsy stuff on there. Uh, we'll kind of see where it goes. The way that I kind of look at it is I look at it like a new body of work, like when I start a new series for paintings. So I look at it as a new creative adventure and I may have an idea of where it's going to go, but I think I'll probably have to wait and kind of see how it takes off. But so this is something that I have definitely deferred to Autumn for like, Hey, Autumn, what do I, so I've been trying to help her with her art and guidance on that. And then I have asked Autumn, Autumn, what do I do? How do I start this? Michael, what does your shirt say? Please buy my art. I'm not built for OnlyFans. Wow. Hypocrite. <laughs> well, it, this was always a joke though. It was. And so even with like the stuff that I'm going to be posting, I'm still going to kind of wear this in some of my content for parody because I think it's just kind of fun to play with. Like it gets people yeah. talking. I posted a picture from my art opening the other day in a couple Facebook groups and I was wearing this shirt and there was quite a response in one or two of the groups. And there were some people saying, Oh, you're definitely built for it. I'd subscribe. And I said, well, wait till the podcast tomorrow because I've got an announcement to make. <laughs> so Autumn, you talk, I mean, I think you said it a little bit, or maybe I miss misheard it. The, the people that are going to probably buy your art is a different demographic than are, are on your OnlyFans. Is, you say something like that, or did, am I, did I miss her? That? No, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's completely different audiences. Do you, because it's so funny. I, I was thinking about that, and then we are kind of talking about sex work and that stuff. So I had another podcast called Road to Growth. I had someone named uh, Rachel Brownstein. She was an ex, basically, porn star, and she does vegan. She has a vegan YouTube channel now right i think it's and, yeah and so i i i i see comments on the youtube channel pop up on my, on my my thing all the time and it's ex people that were watching her old stuff that now watch her her vegan channel about it and it's like they try like oh i'm a good guy i just like her for her vegan i used to watch her on other stuff but like you see all these different comments that read up on it so i'd be kind of intrigued of how many people from your other other career actually venture over into your new stuff as I come about. Yeah, absolutely, and there there will be some crossover, right? Because um, so art is is subjective, right? Like everyone has their taste for what they like. I would say that pornography is a type of art, uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, but the people who like the the pornographic art aren't typically the same people who like abstract art. You know what I mean? Like some people could be really into um, realism and the paintings that you see in museums, like very realistic looking paintings of old men, right? They, they might not care so much for uh, like the background that we have here, abstract art. Hmm. So it's, I think it's really, it's, it's just different tastes, different interests, but um, like you said, there's going to be crossover. Can you buy in, in OnlyFans, right? You're, you pay for, I guess the live content and things like that, right? There's not like pictures that they can buy that they can put up on their wall or something like that, right? No, there's, um, so they, they can pay for basically anything that you put a price on, whether it's to join a live or to purchase you know, videos that you made, but you can even sell things on OnlyFans. Like, um, you can sell objects on OnlyFans, whether it's, it's, um, paintings or underwear or socks. 
Like, I mean, do you think you have, like, you've sold stuff where, like, and I know you talk about fetishes, like, underwear, like, I, I know, like, some countries, right, used underwear and things like that, that people might have on their wall, like, as artwork. Yeah, I wouldn't think that they, I mean, they might put it on their wall. That that would be, that would be really interesting to see. Yeah, no, true. I just, like you said, there's different kinds of mediums, I guess. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's a really interesting way to look at it. I like that. It's a it's a different kind of medium. Yeah, and, and so I think that that kind of bridges that transition as you kind of not necessarily leave one place in your life, but as you kind of move into a, another space or, or move forward. And I think that that kind of brings us into the the real topic for today, which is the place of sex in marketing and art, because I think that. Mm -hmm. It can be a tool to be used to to grow your audience. And definitely because people pay attention to sex. Uh, you and I have talked about this before, Autumn. If there's a picture of an attractive person, it may get a thousand likes or ten thousand likes. But maybe somebody puts their heart and soul into a painting and posts that, and it gets ten. So okay. if you can pair the two together and get the visibility, and it can help you grow or help you to to sell the thing and move you in the direction that you want to go in, maybe that's worth considering. Yeah. I mean, sex sells, you know, sex will always sell. So if it, I guess you, that would be pretty girl privilege, privilege, right? Well, um, well now you can pay yeah. for it, right? You can pay for artificial intelligence, uh, model supermodels. Is that a thing now with AI? Yeah, I saw. Uh, yeah, you could you could pay you can you can use a AI spokesperson basically. Oh. <laughs> so it's, I don't know how expensive it is, but sorry, Autumn. Yeah. Oh. No, that's interesting. Uh, Something I might I might have to look into. Yeah, I mean that's it. Kinda, yeah, sorry. That kind of picks off of our conversation when we were talking to Nick about AI and AI and its an impact on artists, but it seems like it may be impacting or moving in the direction of impacting other industries if it's providing AI models at this point too. The robots are going to take all of our jobs, even the sex workers. Oh man, you can see the anger in Autumn's eyes right now. If you're, if you're only listening <laughs> to us on the podcast, oh man, don't, don't be near and Autumn right now. This. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's the same thing. Like you go to, um, what is it? Like, I don't know, McDonald's like that, right? Where they have the machines you can order from their food, right? But then you have the option to basically to actually order to talk to a live person. There's going to be people that are going to pay more for the real thing compared to basically the fake thing, right? I, I would think. I mean, yeah, yeah. I The whole point of, um, of the reason why people pay for OnlyFans when there is an unlimited amount of free porn on Pornhub, right? But people will pay money because they feel a real connection with a real person. And that's, that's what they're paying for basically. And that's something that I was asking you about when I was contemplating moving in the new direction too, was, well, are people really going to care? Like, cause I, I just don't think, I guess, highly of myself. And so I was just like, oh, who's going to want to pay to see anything that I'm doing? Because it just, it's kind of beyond me. But I guess the other thing is. That's is exactly that how I feel about my art. That's <laughs> that's my exact thought. Like, who's going to pay for something I painted? 
Well, and I think that it should be pointed out that when you and I first started talking, I don't think I had actually seen a picture of you. So it was just like, I had just seen your art. And I think like you engaged with something of mine on Instagram and then like I pinged you back. And then I realized that we were in the same city and then we just decided to meet up to talk about art. But, um, but my very first impression as somebody that's been doing this for a long time was I could feel something very genuine in your art. And you and I talk about it and you feel that your art may be in a certain place. But when I've, what I've told you since day one is that I do, when I look at your art, that I can see your art fitting into pretty much any conversation and that I see the merit of your art and the merit in what you do. And so it's funny because now, now that I'm moving into this other side of things and kind of, well, I'm kind of blending it together, but now you're kind of having to reassure me of that too. Cause I'm like, I, I don't know who would want to pay for this. But the other thing that I'm having to remember, and I was thinking about this today is that when you go on Instagram, when you go on Facebook, you are not expecting to pay. You're just expecting to look at stuff and that's what it is. But with OnlyFans, you have an understanding that you are coming here to kind of peek into somebody's life, to support somebody, that it is a platform where you pay and you contribute. And so I think the, the mentality and the psychology is different. And that's really what I'm needing to move into for my art because I've been stifled by these platforms that don't allow me to express myself creatively. But I've also hit the stumbling block of the economy got hard and people are not really spending on art. So maybe I can shift the creativity to a new platform where people are more inclined to contribute in a different way that can support the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're, it's just one more avenue where you are, um, where you have the option for people to build a connection with you. The same with, with your art. That's you told me. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, like you said, you, you said a couple times that connection, right? People go to OnlyFans with the real thing for that connection, right? And you're like, I because I think with Instagram, right, you're you still kind of get a piece into the person's life, but I'm guessing with only I, I've personally never been on OnlyFans, so so I'm, I'm assuming I'm just going off of like the, the kind of what the understanding of it or what I, I guess perceive of it, right? Is that connection so like people think that oh my gosh autumn's my person like autumn oh my gosh i'm gonna see autumn again today like like almost like a friend or a buddy like you know like people go to movie stars and they're like oh my gosh i, I feel like i know you right? right exactly that's exactly what it is i think that's why they call it only fans because they're they're fans you know and they they do feel like they've been like following you for so long on instagram and they feel like they know you and they want that that extra step of knowing you more, being able to actually talk to you. That's interesting. And, and I'm curious too, now that I've made the announcement and once I make the announcement on other platforms, how people are going to respond because people are going to, like you and I talked about, like we talked about here, when the people hear the word OnlyFans, they have certain connotations or, and it could be good. It could be bad. It could be in between, but I'm curious what the reaction is if I have a big drop off or if people are supportive of it, because I have always been very open and honest and candid and developed personal relationships on Facebook and on Instagram. But I, I've kind of hit a point where I'm not seeing the dividends of it. And, and not that it's about getting something, but I've just kind of been stuck. And so I need to kind of move forward, but I, I'm curious what the response is gonna be and if people are gonna be supportive or if people are gonna be judgmental. Well, you're gonna have both. You're certainly gonna have both on both ends, but you know, you, you want to 
with your OnlyFans, you will be able to show more attention to and give more appreciation to the people who are supportive. And that's my thought process right there. Yeah, I agree. That's what I was, that's what I've been thinking is I want to feed the people that are feeding me. And not that I don't appreciate the people on Facebook and Instagram, but I kind of just hit a point where I don't really even get the free support, the, the likes, the shares, the word of mouth that artists really depend on to build sustainability. And so I think that we are living in a time right now where a lot of people in a lot of different industries are having to find supplemental income. Right. And OnlyFans is a great, it is a great avenue. It's very lucrative. It's a great avenue if, if an artist is looking for supplemental income. And Keisha, um, I can't read her, her full username because it disappears, but Keisha, she asked a really good question. Oh yeah, TTV, Keisha, Lily. What kind of platform does that for artists? So, and I, I believe what she was asking is what kind of platform can you, um, can you have I fans? Think, can, and, I think she's know, talking about connecting, like basically knowing what's yeah. stuff, yeah, connections. Exactly, like having more of an intimate connection with artists and that platform would be Patreon. You think more so than OnlyFans? Right now, and that could change. That could change in years to come. But right now, Patreon is a platform where artists and chefs and coaches, they all have their subscription page for people to to subscribe and learn learn how to paint or you know learn how to cook and then they can have that that connection that deeper connection with the person that they're subscribing to and i don't know if this is true but i had heard recently that even that platform even patreon was kind of cracking down on what they would allow to be seen i've had uh, certain models that i've worked with that post certain types of photo shoots things like that very artsy beautiful stuff creative in nature but maybe there's a, a little uh, bit to it that's explicit or more explicit than what's appropriate for Instagram and Facebook. And I've heard that they are not allowing that. Now, I don't know for certain because I'm not on there. So maybe some of our viewers can provide some feedback on that. Yeah, I, um, I heard you tell me that. That must have been the case in recent years where Patreon is trying to become... Patreon was the original OnlyFans. And I think Patreon is trying to move away from OnlyFans type content. Now, OnlyFans, like a year or two ago, there was supposedly a crackdown on that too. Where for a day, yeah. Oh, okay. So did that just disappear? Yes. Okay, yeah. so it's basically just everything that it was before. Nothing has changed. There's no restrictions that were implemented. Yeah, yeah. So they they said that they were going to become not not like a porn site, and they were um, gonna eliminate like all of the IG models. And then I think they realized very quickly, literally over the course of a few days, that they would be losing all of their money. Well, so that's what that, that didn't last long. You really do alienate a lot of people by saying this can't be done there because I mean, if you go to Instagram and you look at the pages that are doing well from people that aren't actors or, or things of that nature, professional athletes, it is a, a lot of the 
attractive ladies maybe shaking the booty or something like that. Th those are pages that perform rather well. And and so I, I think that, that must be what's on your algorithm. <laughs> no. So you're talking about OnlyFans, right? Going back to what Autumn said, I just Googled it right now. 98%, at least on these two different platforms, say that 90% is explicit, explicit content on OnlyFans. So if they were to take that out and clean it up, that would lose like a lot of their people. All of their revenue. Because you have I to think that, that the 2% that, that isn't um, explicit content, um, they sex sells, right? That's, how, that's actually how you were able to um, use your credit card online. So all of the online shopping started with porn. Um, oh. So people who, who aren't selling like uh, explicit content, they're, they're just not able to charge as much. So even the 2% is really like, you know, probably 0.5% of their, their income that they'd be able to attain had they eliminated all of the uh, explicit creators. So I am curious then in moving over to OnlyFans because you do very well there. But one of the things that I have said flat out is I don't expect to do 1% of what Autumn does in terms of success on that platform. But I am very curious with kind of an artsy approach and as a guy, I am the, like, so let's look at this like an experiment. So we're at day one right now. I have zero people that follow me because I'm just making the announcement right here on this podcast that I'm moving into this and I've added it to my link tree. But I'm curious if in a month from now or two months from now or three months from now, if I get some people behind me, because if I do start to build a stable following for doing very much in line with what I've been doing on Facebook and Instagram. Maybe I'm just a little more liberated and I can express myself a little bit more. I'm going to look back and be like, geez, I should have done this a long time ago. I think the question is what fetishes are you going to get into? Autumn says that's kind of the key right there. Yeah, I'm curious. So that's the thing is because is, I kind of am looking at this like an artsy thing of like, it's a new body of work and, it, and because it is creative based and because it is just going to be me being me. I have some ideas of like, and I've been talking to Autumn, so we can we can have a candid conversation right here, Autumn, and you can kind of share some of the things we've talked about, like no secrets here, but we've been talking about me doing some videos of me like sanding canvases and stuff like that. So the kind of ASMR stuff, but like a lot, to be honest, when I'm not on Facebook or Instagram, I usually am, because I run hot, I usually am shirtless and we live in San Diego where it's hot. So it's like, if I'm just going to, be doing my work like sanding a canvas and like so i when i mentioned voyeuristic to autumn it was just the idea of like people looking in it like a fly on the wall of looking at me work behind the scenes type of thing so like but there's a fetish of people working or doing the like sand voyeurism like, watching people like like oh. they, you don't know spying. that they're both. i think it's like spying like watching without them knowing that you're watching oh gotcha 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 okay so the idea of like, people watching me do that and like watching me mix the the paints and do like ASMR stuff. But like, if I'm shirtless and I, I'm gen usually shirtless anyway, like what do I care? I don't feel like I'm doing anything out of the realm of what I already do. Like that's, that's who I am. So the question is, is do I take it further? And so that is uh, something that is in my mind that has to be considered because I have to recognize it's a new platform and people have followed me on the other platforms. And if I'm just going to be doing the same things, What's the reason for them to follow me? So I do kind of have to be conscious and think about, you know, what is the approach here? So let's ask the audience, like, 
would you, and I'm not going to be heard if you all say, no, we would never subscribe to your page, but what types of artsy things could I do that might entice you to subscribe to my page? Because I do want to be informative. I do want to be educational. I do want to be a little more risque because I am just kind of a guy that likes to be funny and like do quirky things. Like sometimes I like to, you know, do naked pull-ups in the hallway on the, on the pull-up bar and stuff like that. Like, you know, behind the scenes stuff, uh, the, the life of an artist. Well, Michael, if I could, if I could give my opinionated answer from, you know, a person from the audience, I would say that you've done a really good job of building your audience on your art page just by being authentic. And I think so you continuing to just be authentic on your OnlyFans, that will keep the fans coming. Cause that, that's, that's what they're there for. They, they like you, they want to see more, more of authentic Michael, but and like in a more intimate way. And that's what I was asking you too. I was like, do you think that people would really be interested in that? Do you think that people would pay for that? Cause it, it blew my mind that anybody would be willing to, I'm like, I, I don't consider myself that interesting, but the, the thing is, is I don't consider myself to be better than anybody in any way. Like, I don't think that my art is better than anybody's. I don't think that I am uh, superior to anybody in the art industry. I don't think that's that not I, what you told me the other day. We were just hanging out. You're telling me how much you're better than all these artists. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened. <laughs> that, no, 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 absolutely not. Um, and like when I, when I meet with Autumn, I, I, we have this, it's funny because we kind of, we, we built up the confidence, I think, in the other, if, if, I, if I can say that or, or speak for the conversations we have. But uh, it's like when, when you reassure me, and you do, you, like, you reassure me a lot, because sometimes I'm like, well, you know, I don't really feel that I'm, but, and I think that that's an important thing is to share that vulnerability too. Like the people that you see that are successful, they have their insecurities or their areas of vulnerability or times that they don't feel like they're enough. And I think that that's one of the things that I really want to do with my platforms is not convey this air of like superiority, but something just very real and candid and talk about like, hey, today I'm having a rough day. So like, let's talk about mental health today. And today I'm feeling a little quirky and fun. So like, we're going to do something fun today type of thing. So that was my hope was to just kind of be me through this platform and, uh, but not to be restrained sexually, which I think that we are sometimes on Instagram and Facebook. I think with some of these other platforms, sometimes we have to like take this extra step to make sure that there's zero sexuality because Vinny, you and I talked about this on the last podcast. Anything can be interpreted by any individual because all this stuff is subjective. So something that may objectively not be sexual can be subjectively interpreted as being sexual. Right. Yeah. So I, I think really it's on Instagram and all other platforms, you're being suppressed creatively because if, if being sexual is part of your creativity, then it is suppressed. But you also can't compare, you can't compare, you know, your OnlyFans to my OnlyFans. You have, you have hundreds of people who would hands down say that they would much more likely subscribe to your OnlyFans than mine, right? And then I have the same. So you can't, a flower does not compare itself to the flower standing next to it. It just blooms, right? I don't know where I heard that thing on Instagram or something. But you just And that's what to... I love about this podcast is just having these candid, open conversations about these things that maybe other people don't want to share or other people don't want to talk about. And uh, I want to ask you, Autumn, so in terms of 
art and marketing. What are your thoughts on that? Like sexuality being used to market art? What is, what is your advice or your thought on that? I think that it's, it would be different for every person. For me, I think I'm trying to separate the two a little bit because I don't want my audience coming to my art page to hopefully get like a, like a free OnlyFans experience. You know what I mean? Cause I, on, on my, my account on Instagram is body Audi. That's where I uh, promote OnlyFans. I don't want those people coming to my art page who I do, you know, I respond to these people. I talk to these people on my, my art Instagram. So I'm, I'm definitely trying to separate the two, but you know, that that's completely the opposite of what you would want to, you know, you, maybe you do find more success in incorporating sexuality into your art posts. So I think it's just, so you want people to genuinely be interested in your art so if people do come from your other page or find your art that could be a good thing but you want them to genuinely be there for the art and not be using it as like a tool to try to circumnavigate the system yeah yeah and that came from from trial and error on my part when i promoted my art instagram on my OnlyFans instagram um i did have a lot of people come in and then and there, there were all these people acting like they were showing interest in buying paintings when really they just wanted me to allow their comment into my, my um, reply section and be able to talk to me. So if they had purchased the work, though, you might feel differently about it? Right. If, if they purchased the work, then absolutely, yeah. Then that, that would be a genuine supporter. But there were even people who um, who live in the same city that I do who would want to purchase the art and say that we should just meet in person for me to give them the art, which, you know, that can be uh, that can be pretty dangerous when they're not there for the actual art. Yeah, and it looks like we got a comment from Keisha again. She said she's been following me for about a year. And she said that I've inspired her to start looking in different ways to promote and bring more on myself to my art. You're doing great. Uh, I appreciate that because it you do get to a point where when you get into these lulls as an artist or, or times that are a little more difficult. And, and as artists, we have those because it's already kind of a difficult life. It can get overwhelming because i think as artists as creative individuals we're sensitive people by nature and so we feel things like we feel all the comments we feel the successes but we feel the lulls and the downs so much more than maybe the average person and so it can be very difficult to compartmentalize those things and to separate those i, I want the the listeners to know we've had probably about like 20 comments from keisha but the one comment Michael brought up was the one talking about him. Just throwing that out to everyone listening. Just want to say. <laughs> what can I say? I'm I'm self indulgent and then. Uh, a couple of things that Keisha said, and I think we've already talked about it. Um, but the OnlyFans has been kind of separate from Autumn's uh, uh, paintings right now, kind of separated in the whole thing. So that's been one thing, and then. Patreon, I think she was talking about that. I think we kind of already went over that. Uh, isn't 
isn't it catered more to doing classes rather than broadening how art is discovered? Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say so. I would say that there there are a lot of uh, profiles on Patreon where you can take classes, but you as an artist, you can get your art discovered. You know, people who are following you on Instagram that just want that more um, intimate connection or want to be able to ask you questions and have you actually respond or even just, you know, show their support to your art business without having to buy an expensive art piece. Um, they they will also pay for you to to just, you know, go live and, and paint a painting live or uh, even show some of your techniques, you know, just the more intimate private pieces that you don't necessarily show on social media. I think what it really comes down to is we are all on our own individual journeys and we have to find the platforms and the avenues that work for us. And when it comes to sex and art and marketing, I think it's about your own independent journey. And if the journey leads through you, through your heart, through your soul, then you are on the right path. And so I think that you need to just make a decision on what is best for you, what works for you, but also to reserve judgment for how others choose to pursue their journey or the path that they are on. Because we don't know all the struggles or the obstacles that another person is facing or what they are navigating at any time during their life. And it's so easy to walk by a piece of art, just like a person. And to say, you know what, I don't like that. And to pass judgment on that without looking at the underlying layers and the things that make it what it is. And if we were to look deeper beneath the surface, I think that there is beauty there. And I think it's about just respecting the journey and supporting other artists and all that they do. And that is really what we are here to do on this podcast is to help people find their voices, not to be like me, not to be like Vinny, not to be like Autumn or any of our other past guests, but to find yourself. Exactly. I'm a firm, firm believer on following your own compass. Hey, question. So, Autumn, your family, I mean, because, I mean, I think Michael talked about it, right? And what 98% of people on OnlyFans has explicit content right, or adult content right there. I mean, what's that? Per, I mean, does your, your, your family fully on board with it? Or were they, did it take them a little while to get on board with it? Does, I mean. Oh, well. Gosh, we need a, a whole separate, a whole separate episode <laughs> for for that story. Um, so in a nutshell, um, none of my family, minus my baby sister, my little sister, she is my number one fan. Um, but aside from her, none of my family have accepted it. Um, I've I've been basically exiled from my family. And, um, and that was hard in the beginning, you know, years and years ago. But of course, now I, I found my people here in California, all of my family are also in the South, in Tennessee. And I never really, I was never really, um, I never really like clicked with those people. I was always kind of the black sheep. You know what I mean? They're, they're very conservative. And I've, I've always been more of, more open, more liberal, I guess. And so, um, no, no, my, my family have not been supportive along this journey. And that's one of the things I admire about you though, is that 
you have just been so open to, to being you and doing what it takes, despite the judgment, despite criticism that may come. And you've taken the, the punch on the chin and, and you've kept going and you're just such a wonderful, beautiful, kind hearted person. And I, I just love you as a friend. And, and you're one of the people that I am most excited to talk to. And I look forward to, to hopefully doing more projects with you. I have so much respect for you. And uh, I do have to tell both of you, though, I broke the news to my mom the other day because I didn't want somebody else to tell her first. I said, Mom, I'm signing up for OnlyFans. And she said, what? And I told my mom, I said, Mom, if you're not the first person to sign up for my page, I'm going to be really upset. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that just goes to show how seriously that I take life. <laughs> that really smart move, by the way. That, that was a smart move for you to, to break the news to your mom rather than other people, because that's what happened for me is, is um, everyone told my family before I was able to talk to my family about it. And so I think that even more so made them more, um, what's the word, um, judgmental about what I was doing. Michael, so would you really want your, your mother to describe to your OnlyFans? No, but I mean, the truth is, is that my intention right now, and I am going to just kind of go in, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, I'm going to go into it with an open mind. I have an idea of where I want to start. I honestly need to see if I can pick up any traction there because I, like I said, I'm just starting. I have zero followers. I posted like a handful of things, but nobody follows me. So it, I'm going to have to wait and see because I'm going to be very surprised when one person subscribes and if I hit five people and then 10 people and like, I don't know really what the potential is here because again, I'm so self-deprecating as a person that I'm just like, why would anybody be interested in anything that I do? Like I do try to be creative and I do try to share good, but I just look at myself and, and it's hard for me to see myself in the light of like, Oh, like I, I want to look at that and I would pay for that type of thing. So it's a very new place for me to be. And as I go through the experience of it, I'm going to have to kind of see how it goes and kind of see how far I'm willing to take it. And I have been advised by several Autumn and uh, Raven and Tovi, other people that we will have on the podcast that I've worked with and have done collaborations with to be very clear and firm in my boundaries, because it's very easy to have people try to push you beyond the boundaries. And so I'm going to need to stay firm to that because when it comes to my art, I know how to hold my boundaries of like, I am not doing this. This is who I am. This is what my work is. But this is still my art, but it's a slightly new medium. And I'm not as familiar with a lot of the aspects and the nuances. And so I don't necessarily have the confidence that I may with the other side of my medium. So that I, that's why I defer very much to Autumn, to Raven, to Toby, these people that are more experienced in the industry and people that I trust. And so I'm very grateful and thankful to have people that I respect and trust to kind of help me on my journey because I feel like a baby bird entering this new <laughs> this new landscape. Baby bird. Uh, Autumn, do you? I mean, and you don't have to tell me tell us who it is, but is there someone in your life that you'd be almost like disappointed? I guess if they were a follower of yours on your OnlyFans. I know you don't deal with your family anymore, but I mean. Like that would be, I mean, cause that, that almost sees you in a sexual life, but maybe someone that you have that you don't see in a sexual way at all that like, you don't want them to think of you in that direction. Does that make sense? Question? Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. And there are, 
um, like there, there have been people on my Instagram and my OnlyFans who, who make themselves known to me, uh, and they were my husband's coworkers. So oh, people like that make me. Oh, and then I also, I also had a teacher um, in elementary school. Oh, in elementary school, I had a a music teacher um who made himself known to me and the, the, the funny thing is everyone we at least i assumed that he was he was a homosexual um turns out he he subscribes to my only fans and follows me on instagram and he even bought me a pair of shoes a couple years ago and that that felt weird for yeah. sure yeah, so I would say, um, like my coworkers, my I used to work in ophthalmology before I quit ophthalmology to only do OnlyFans, and there were ex coworkers that also were on my OnlyFans, which also felt a little weird. So I would say people like that. Vinny, I love that question because I actually did not follow Autumn on like anything aside from her art pages for the longest time specifically for that reason is I didn't want her to think that I had like these ulterior motives or intentions mm. but at the same time I felt like oh does she does she get the impression that I'm not support because she follows all my pages so mm. I felt like I was like oh am I being a bad friend does she think that I'm not supporting her because I'm not following her other pages type of thing I think women's intuition is a lot stronger than than you may think but I um and this is why I connect with you so much, Michael, is because I could tell that you were keeping it um, very professional. You weren't making it seem like you you had alternative motives. Like I could I could feel the energy of you know why you were liking certain posts and not liking other posts. So, and I, I have always appreciated that greatly from you because it feels authentic. And I mean, you're you're a very authentic person. So I think that's why I connect with you so much. But women, women, I think they they know a lot more than than you give them credit for. Oh, they have to know more than me because I am absolutely clueless when it comes to women and relationships and all that stuff. But uh, I do have to say that when you and I did our shoot and when I've done shoots with Tovi and with Raven is that I think on the outside looking in, a lot of people are like, oh, it's very sexual. And even if it's a shoot that is intended to in the output of the content appear sexual the actual creation of the content is like the least sexual thing imaginable in fact it's oftentimes comical. behind the scenes the behind the scenes of those paint shoots is so boring or funny we had some funny moments like when i like nervously dropped the entire can of paint that just splattered all over the entire room and then didn't you draw a dick on me or something like that i did yes you told me to draw on your face and what else am I gonna draw? I'm not a realist. It was a very realistic dick. Yes. The feeling of it probably wouldn't feel that good though, right? I mean, having paint all over your body would probably feel that great. That's actually a thing. Some people really like that. Some people like that sensation. Yeah, that's the temperature play. The, the cold versus the hot. If we were to like warm up some of the paint, it could have gone, it could have been a, a different type of collab. 
<laughs> that's a that's a good question though, and, and I actually want to know that because I don't know the answer because like you you put a little bit of paint on me and like when I worked with Toby and Raven, like kind of the same case, but like we put a lot of paints on you. Is it like and I guess it probably depends on the room temperature and all that stuff, but like what is the sensation of the paint like on the skin? Um have you ever put glue on your hands to peel off as a kid? Yes, and I do not like that feeling. Like anytime I get like the the varnish or stuff on my hands, I'm in the bathroom right away. Like get this off my hands. I don't. I'm very sensitive to sensory stuff these days. Yeah. So I had a feeling uh, about that from you, but I um, it kind of feels the same as that. It's like it's like wet and sticky, and then it starts to dry, and it get it feels very like tight and cracky. If you've never done a body painting for yourself, you absolutely should. It's invigorating. And we should say to, please, uh, I, I have to provide this guidance. As much as possible, try to use body paints. Now, I, because I just don't care about myself and I understand the risks, I've done a few shoots where I kind of covered myself for very brief periods of time with acrylic. But acrylic can clog the pores. It's not great for the skin because of the chemicals. So anytime I have used actual acrylics, I have diluted them with a lot of water to at least minimize it because it is. I don't know, messy. Michael. I, I would have to combat that because you definitely use Nova Color on me and that bright purple stained me for days, even a week. There was a warning beforehand that we talked about it, though. So like it, there, it was an educated it. decision to move forward with that. <laughs> yeah, we, we discussed it prior. But I am in the market right now. I am looking into places where I can get larger quantities of body paints because uh, up to this point, I haven't really seen or come across a place just naturally that has like 32 ounces of a certain color of body paint because I want to do more stuff that is just like engulfing in paint, covering in paint as opposed to just smaller amounts. The more the better. Well, I, I know we're getting to the end of it. We've been going for I mean, more than a, an hour right now, hour and 10 minutes. Uh, for people listening, just please share this with other people. Uh, if you have questions, um, please feel free to watch us live. Reach out to, to Michael or myself directly and bring up the questions. We're always looking for, for good topics to try to somewhat organically bring up uh, with our, our, our guests. So um, any other like kind of parting thoughts? Think, Michael? Now, Autumn, why yeah. don't you tell us where people can find you if you want to share your platforms, maybe share what you're moving into, the things that you're doing so people can find if you want your OnlyFans and if you want your art or both. Sure. So um, I think the easiest way is to follow my, uh, if you're interested in the OnlyFans side of it, you can follow my Instagram page, body.audi, and Audi is spelled A-U-T-Y, like my name. And then my art Instagram is poor girl art. So P O U R girl art. So check out Autumn's art. It is beautiful work and she is continuing her journey. Give her a follow, give the podcast a follow and make sure you check out Blick art materials. Like I said, follow us on YouTube, Instagram and share or tag three of your friends and you may win a Blick gift card. We're going to be coming back to you in a couple weeks. Hopefully by the time this episode finishes, 
we will start to hit the podcast platforms. A lot of people, because we've been promoting this, are like, hey, you have a podcast, but I can't find you. It's because we have to have the first three episodes done before it can hit the platforms. But this episode will hit podcast platforms soon. And then moving forward, all of them will hit the podcast platforms. But spread the word now. Tell people about us. And if you know somebody that would be a great guest, let us know. We're also looking for sponsors. Thanks for listening to the Art for Everyone podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. For more information or to connect with your hosts, check them out on social media. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.